via that forge. Hello, welcome to another episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. I'm sitting here with Rangar, Morvan, Gorgonbort, and Barnabas. Uh, we're here on our third installment of Current Adventure, and last we left off, our party members had left the Wasonia Institute of Arcana, the spirit-bound tome remaining with the deans of each college for research purposes, as you ventured through Cadmia to familiarize yourself with your new surroundings five years out of time and place. So we start now as you look upon this forge-like structure. You can see that it is iron-constructed, orange arcane lights bursting through every orifice of the building. You see this large hammer that seems to sit atop it. And throughout as well, you can see these arcane cogs or um, or glyph-like uh, mechanisms just sort of moving through and, and makes the whole building look like a clockwork affair. You can see torrents of smoke coming out different areas, which make it look like a factory as well. And as you stand there, you can see a large opening that seems to be the door that leads into an orange lit interior. Throughout this thoroughfare, you can see various different dwarves moving in and out as well as humanoids. But more curiously, you do see these mechanical humans, basically. A lot different to the uh, Wessonian guide that you had seen. These ones seem to imitate human life. You can see that they're very spindly and skinny. And as you look, they seem to be providing various um, jobs of aid to people like loading uh, different sorts of ore materials. You can see some of them smelting or welding. Uh, most of them have pointy prominent features across the face and some of them more finely made seem to have like filigree across some of the ironwork. Uh, all seem to be lit with like a furnace-like device inside their, their bodies. And you can see that dwarves are sort of pointing them in different directions. What would you guys like to do is the four of you stand before this structure known as the forge in the trade ward of Cadmia. These guys look like they're really good at making shit. I would tend to agree. Do, does Rengar and Morvan see any elvish, like, flair to these creations? Like, is it something we would note from some of our it's definitely sort of It's definitely delicate in make, which is a lot different to the geometrical-like make of the guides. Yeah. And they're filigreed in a way that almost seems like an elven craftsmanship, but you can't, you can't like, pinpoint the exact racial craft as strictly elven, but it seems like a a good bet to know that it may be inspired by or at least the delicate nature of it is at least a fineness to the craft that you guys are seeing. As, as a test, I'll say, hello there in elvish. So um, it it continues to work. Okay. It so doesn't. That, that can't discern. Um, yeah. As one of them passes you by and you just say that um, as it passes by, it continues on its path towards the entryway of the forge. I think, I think they the just, same thing. I think they just, just work. As... See if they understand any other form of language. Chronic, draconic, it continues. Okay, so the common is. Seems like. Do they understand common from anyone or just from the, uh, what do you say, the dwarves? Well, they seem to be getting instruction from a couple of dwarves, but they also seem to be getting instruction from some of the humanoids as well. As one uh, passes me, can I just, uh, not aggressively, just want to bump into it Kind of move it as if it was to put it off path. Yep. So as you guys are walking, you can see one moving toward you, Gorgon Bort, and you directly put a shoulder into it and you watch as its shoulder moves with the impact and then it just continues on its path. Not aggressive towards you. Yes. Yeah, just continues. I think they're just a machine. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, let's go talk to whoever had a hand in Who? making these things. And There's a few uh, things I think we all want to look at. I want to get some stuff made. Roll religion checks. Okay, so anybody that rolled above a 10, you guys can see the symbol of Nekestis adorning the top of the doorway, which is a hammer atop an anvil, and Nekestis being the ancient god of the forge, which is the same as when you previously existed in capital. Uh, you can see a couple of dwarves that seem to be standing by the entryway, old, and they seem to be uh, in priestly robes of browns and oranges and whites, and you can see the gowns that they're wearing seem to have like a hood that seems to be like a, a metal worker's hood that seems to be uh, just draped across their shoulders. Most of them are wearing heavy iron working gloves. And you can see that they're all wearing like tool belts. It's like a mixture of a forge worker and a priest sort of in one. They're all wearing sort of different chainmails as well. Uh, one with long gray hair that seems to go down into a plaited beard and the other one's completely bald and seems to have just um, like two hammers tattooed across his head. As they're conversing, you guys enter. The bald one moves over to you and holds out a hand and says, Welcome to the forge. I assume that you're here for looking at you, some craftsmanship. We've heard only the finest comes from here, so 
we're all in need and, and yeah, want of but, certain things. So yeah. I'm sure if you pick all our brains, you'll. But look at these machines walking around. You look to be the person to come uh, upgrade or make us some stuff. I'm going to have a look around. What's what's the go with those machines anyway? The people. Those are called nimble rights. They're uh, uh, personal assistants, you might say. You watch as the one with the gray hair um, says, the inspiration for those was gifted to us by Nikestis herself. It is uh, us mortals imitating the life gifted to us by Mardol and Nikestis from the earth of old. You watch it as well as one of them comes over and just sort of opens a door and moves inward. The bald one says, they follow instruction to the letter. We have gifted these to various different institutions across the land and they can be privately purchased also. Oh yeah? What do they go for? Those, they go for a few thousand gold pieces. Do they uh, Do they fight or are they more of a working thing? If, if like, do, Can they also do blacksmith duties? They're well versed in the cantrip of mending. They're able to fix small breakages in armor, but there's nothing that replaces the good work of a smith of Nicestus. He watches the, the bald one said that. The one with the gray hair that goes down into the braid looks towards you, Gorgon Bort, and says, it looks like you're no stranger to dwarven blacksmithing. No, no, I'm not. I am not. <laughs> he, he looks directly towards your, your mall and yeah. he says, this is uh, quite fine craftsmanship. May I ask where you got this made? Uh, yes, I got this made uh, from Tiro. Tiro. And you watch as they both sort of look towards each other. And you watch as the bald one says, Tiro was down in capital many years ago. Did you find yourself there in your travels, Master Orc? Uh, yeah, we were there a while ago. The bald one says it's good to see that he kept up with his craftsmanship even after leaving the forge himself. I believe the weapon has served you well. Yep. Looks towards uh, a blood stain upon it. Yeah, it's helped me um, defeat some things in front of me. <laughs> he says, in the view of Nicestus, it is the weapon that forges the story. This piece of craftsmanship will live far beyond your years. And as the future that it is is bound to have, you should be honored to be its first wielder. Mm. Whoever uh, is on the other side of this do not uh, d- doesn't get to see much more of their <laughs> of their life when I'm wielding it anyway. You watch as they give a hearty um, chuckle and they both pat you on the back and they say, it'd be the will of Nicestus. Now, you wish to take a look around if there is anything that you need forthwith, please come and see my my counterpart. We call him Glory. And you point, the bald one points to the grey bearded one. And he says, he is the uh, the dwarf to see. And the head priest here at Nicestus' forge. And you watch as he gives a humble nod and puts a shoulder, a hand on the shoulder of his fellow bald dwarf companion. And they allow you to look around. All right. Well, just know what you want. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite fond of your uh, your craftsmanship for my longbow. I just nothing intricate, just a few few nice highlights on it. If that's feasible, maybe just some copper or bronze, some rebounding of the leather handle, back of the handle for me. Just you know, it's it's got a lot of worth, taking a lot of kills and served me well. I thought I might give something back to it. You watch as the um, the bald individual leaves and you watch as Glory is left with you and he says, we can make it look pretty for you, Master Elf, and it will serve you well in combat also. A man that takes care of his weaponry. That is something we honour here. Furthermore, nice set of braces. I'm curious as to how much that might set me back. He looks to you and says, if it is of the leather kind that you require, you may have to look at a different type of smith. However... The bow, we can inlay the copper, if you would like. Mm. Who would be best suited to go and something of uh, might be able to be imbued? Well, there are many tanners in the trade ward that you could investigate, but if it's uh, the arcane enchantment that you're looking forward to utilizing, well, they're a lot rarer to find. Um, you could look towards Elkil's tanner. They reside in the trade ward, and they are reputable. If you would like me to take a look at your bow, if I can look could. at it over the day. That'd be lovely. And maybe a restring too. Um, Takes the bow off of you. As I'll say that you guys have entered as well and you guys are sort of sitting in this uh, chamber. You can see that there is a large lava smelting pot that seems to be pouring into what looks like a fountain. 
uh, and you can see above that a large statue of the goddess Nicestus. She is quite uh, heavily built and you can see that she's wearing this robe and she looks almost dwarven in nature. And you can see that she's heavily scarred across one of her eyes and uh, half of her fingers seem to be missing as she's sort of holding a hammer and the other hand seems to be holding what looks like a um, like a horseshoe as well. But you also note as well that she's got um, heaps of scars across her body. Uh, as the lava is falling across the background, she's lit from the underglow of the lava as well. And you guys are just having this conversation there at a workbench because all throughout this room there are just wooden workbenches that Smiths are working on constantly. Um, so he lays the bow down on the table and he starts to get to work. He pulls out these filaments of, of copper and, and brass. And while you're talking, he's working. I have an item here that I need uh, upgraded to be turned into a weapon. Are you able to uh, do that? It's it's not a, uh, it definitely does not seem like a weapon, but. Present the item and we'll see what we can do. Give him the ladle. He raises an eyebrow and he says, are you taking the piss? No, it's silver. It's heavy. Uh, this need. I want this turned into a into a uh, blood curdling <laughs> weapon. Ah, uh, son. I don't know if I want to put my name to a ladle of destruction. <laughs> <laughs> if um, you give me a uh, your potential vision yep. for the item, a story that would unfold upon you wielding it, having already been wielding one of the great weapons of Nicestus forged by Tiro himself. This isn't just any ladle. Will be known as the buckler once. Uh, and what will it buckle? You will be, you will be sad that your name uh, will not be on this later. Roll a persuasion check. He looks to you and he, he's got, you've got his curiosity. And he says, I've made many a weapon that tell many a tale through time. Many that have outlived their first masters and have gone on to forge through battles in the territory's war. An item of whimsy has my curiosity, but... I cannot commit time and effort to something like this if you don't have a solid plan for its future. I have a solid plan. I'll let you ponder it for some time. Perhaps you can deliver me this, um, soup spoon at a later date. Ladle. Master Gorgonbord. <laughs> My apologies, Ladle. And for the rest of you, is there anything you require? Need nothing pretty, like, but I do need some plate armor. He looks towards you and he says, Chainmail is, um... Well, it is rudimentary at best. We can fix you up with some plate, but it will cost you. I'm prepared to pay. He looks over you guys and he says, You don't strike me as those with the riches to afford such a... Well, item of esteem, if you don't mind me asking. I will have to ask for some money in advance. Hey, the man, elf. He looks towards the elves. <laughs> What's your best price, well, 1500 would be a standard. Then for for friends and common goals? Well, it depends what common goals you're speaking of. Glory loves a good bargain, and he loves a favour owed. What favours can we do of you? Well, I can assure you of well, well able, and uh, anything you need, we can help with. Well, in return for a sizable discount... I will settle for an elven bow named after a dwarven smith. That is glory seeker suit. And he holds up the bow that he'd been working on woven with uh, copper entwined bronze. Glory seeker, it is. Very well. With that, the blessing of Nicestus is upon you. The down payment being 1,500 gold pieces. I will settle for a total of 1,500 pieces. Negotiated for the same amount. No. no, it was a down payment of fifteen hundred yeah. with later payments to come. But he's going to give it to you for fifteen hundred. How long will this take to turn around, Master Dwarf? It may take a ten day, but with a tip, I could prioritize the the work. This bag of silver that I have, well, silver cutlery, is that uh, like how much money is that? Uh, depending on the weight, which you know to be about three pounds, it's probably worth about thirty or so silver. Oh, okay. Fuck it. With yeah. how much of a tip would you require to get that sort of process possible? My forge could be fired for the price of a hundred gold pieces. And what do I owe you for the bow? That will be an additional fifteen. Gold. He nods. Fifty or gold. Fifteen. So we're looking at fifteen, fifteen plus hundred, sixteen, fifteen gold. Yeah? 
via that forge. You watch as he turns around and you can see that each uh, workbench seems to be attached to what looks like a, a smelter and also a uh, anvil. And you watch as he turns around, presses the uh, mechanical button that seems to fan the forge and you just feel the heat permeate across you. He looks and he uh, blows a whistle that seems to be attached to a chain around his neck and you watch as three nimble rites move towards him and you watch as he speaks in common towards them and says, I need your finest iron plate and we need to take measurements of the Goliath mountain folk individual. We're making some plate today. And you watch as the nimble rites move around Barnabas and start measuring him across the chest, down the, the leg and you watch as one of them goes to take your inseam and you just like nudge them with your knee and he goes, don't take it personally, Master Barnabas. They're just doing a thorough job. And then you relax a little bit and you watch as the as the measurements are taken, you watch as they begin moving off to the supply room where they bring back a set of iron. And he looks to you and says, is there any particular decoration you would like, mountain folk? Plain iron's fine for me. I guess we'll let the actions of the wielder do the talking. And he gives a nod, looks towards the rest of you. And as for your ladle, Gorgon board. Mm. Let me ponder upon it. If, uh, if you don't want to put your name on it. I'm as long as the quality is good, I'm happy to let one of your apprentices begin it. Roll a persuasion check with advantage. He looks to you and says, I don't think that I would even allow an apprentice to work. <laughs> All right, you wait. I will bring back proof that I have defeated an enemy with this ladle. If you are able to Prior defeat an enemy, to you uh, upgrading it. If you are able to defeat an enemy with this ladle as it stands, I will gladly work on this free of charge. All right. You have Glory's word under Nykestis to keep to that. I will come back to you. I will have this armor ready for you within the week. We uh, we won that Mage Tower game. So, <laughs> bragging rights. <laughs> Mage Tower. It's a game for the young, but it seems you've... You've bested them, so you have my applause. Now, I need to commune with Nicestis to do the best work that I can upon your items. Feel free to meander around the forge if you wish, but if you have other business, I will send a nimble right to you once your jobs are complete. Um, and as you guys left, you did see that he's got quite a few nimble right on the, um, the journey as well uh, to create this armor. And you guys... Leave the forge, I assume, if there's nothing yeah, else you want to do. And where would you be heading now in the grand city of Cadmia? You can see it's still early morning. You can see that the hustle and bustle of the city still seems to be um, moving along. You do pass by a town crier and you can hear the town crier say, the Corellian estate seems to have been robbed overnight. The intruders set ablaze one of the gardens and have taken off with many of the, the riches of the family. Rewards are given. To any who find those responsible and you look over towards the northern sort of district of the city and you can see what remains of a black pyre of smoke that seems to be emanating from a large noble's estate really need to go and see um, Arden and oh yeah converse with him. We might have uh where's he is he uh um you were told in which direction um, Rangar that, yeah. that he resided in the north ward and he heads a guild called the Valiant Odyssey Adventurers Guild and to look for the shield, and that would help you out. Yep. Uh, so I'll get you all to roll either survival or investigation checks to make your way to the North Ward firstly and to find the Odyssey Guild. So I'll say that the four of you um, being led by Gorgonbort and Morvan, uh, the city seems to be quite easy to, to navigate in terms of uh, an urban settlement because you can see five of the main thoroughfares of the city seem to go from northernmost point to southernmost point and everything seems to deviate off of those. Northward, you assume, automatically is in the north of the city, so you just start heading in that direction. And as you do, you can also see uh, a couple of different adventurers that seem to be or looks to be adventurers moving around and they have a, a symbol of a shield on their crest that seems to have the V and the O and you follow like the meandering sets of, of those individuals and you eventually find your way into a cul-de-sac alley. Uh, and then ahead of you, you can see what looks like a large circular shield on top of a three-story building, the bottom floor of which seems to be a tavern. The top two stories seem to be residential almost. And you can see the bottom story has these stained glass windows that seem to depict warriors in battle. You can see standing out front, there seems to be a large humanoid individual with arms folded. 
and you can see that he is a Goliath also. While getting to this place, how did the um the town itself feel? Like, is it it all feels safe? There's no doesn't feel dodgy. You as you were passing through, you would have seen lots and lots of um, city watchmen that seem to have been patrolling through. Yeah. And on top of that, as you just pass through the the alleyway where your where your quarry lies, you watch as this griffin riding pair just moves and screeches straight across you. And as you look up, you can see that they're adorning the city crest of Cadmia, and uh, they seem to be like city guard or, mm-hmm. and or the, some sort of patrolling force. Um, there are lots and the lots people. of commoners throughout here, varying different races, and you can see they're going about their business, shopping. You can see adventurers in the North Ward particularly, and also people that seem to be speaking with adventurers, transferring coins, some sort of transaction goes along here. You would have also passed by a series of statues that uh, uh, rise well above the buildings that seem to have been frozen in motion. You see one that seems to be a well-armoured knight, it seems to have its sword just positioned between its feet. It seems to be looking down at everybody that passes below. Um, these are towering structures. Has I don't believe he has, but has Rengar been to Cadmia before? I don't think he would. You would have heard of Cadmia. Heard of, but I don't think he ever visited. I don't Zimbabwe. think he would have ever ever been adventuring and and with the territories war. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so you would have spent a lot of time towards the east where the territories war is. Yep. We entered the tavern. Yep. Section and. Uh, we see okay so as you pass by the goliath individual he sizes you up as you walk past you can see he's got two axes across his back and this uh lion skin across his shoulders and his arms are folded biceps flexing but he lets you guys walk walk through as you enter towards the back of the bar you can see what looks like a um, a horseshoe shaped bar and behind that you can see an elven bartender that seems to have one single tuft of hair uh at the front and you can see an adventurer around the other side call towards him with a finger in the air and he slings them a a um, mug of ale. As you look around the other side of the booth, around the front wall and around the, the side, you can see booths that seem to caress the, the wall and then a large fireplace that seems to have a stone chimney stack that goes up into the roof and various armchairs sitting around that. On the floor, you can see various animal-skinned rugs. As you enter, nobody bats an eye. Um, there is people coming in and out of this place all the time. Um, there's probably about two patrons having a drink. There seems to be drinking with a, a halfling male. What would uh, you guys like to do? Pull a seat up to the uh, to the U-shaped bar. Say, it's going on, Tuft. I'll grab a beer. Uh, a, I don't know, a mead? An ale, actually. A mead I can give you, and you watch as he puts a coaster directly onto where you're sitting. Where is, I'm just going to go straight for it, Arden. Arden resides upstairs. And in okay. He'll be in his office. Are you seeking yeah, membership in, in to this? Elvish, I'll say... We seek an immediate audience with Arden. Yeah. Um, uh, of course it can be arranged. And while that's being said, I'm just looking around. Is does anyone bad and I that we're speaking about him? Um, not really. Okay, cool. Yep. At that point, as the four of you sort of just sit around waiting, it's probably about ten minutes that pass, and you watch as this bartender with the, the tuft of hair sort of sends uh, a runner up. And after those moments, your drinks have been served and you watch as this bartender meticulously cleans the bench, but also like puts coasters under your glasses and takes them back as best that he can. He's very particular. You watch as well as from the back door uh, enters a gentleman. Uh, In age, he looks about 35, 40. You can see he's got this brown tuft of hair that goes across one side of his, his face parted neatly. You can see he's got a five o'clock shadow. He's tall and slender and he seems to be uh, wrapped in uh, leather armors. You can see that he's got this billowing shirt that seems to be like of a green sort of color. And you can see as well that um, his his sleeves are sort of rolled up. He's he's got... um, Is the leather fancy? Is it... it, uh, Not really. It's almost like a leather leather vest. You can see he's in very casual gear. He's wearing these boots uh, that seem to go up to halfway up to his knee. And as he enters, he says, somebody requested my presence. And he looks around, immediately lays eyes on you, and you watch as he smiles. And he says, oh, Ranga. How are you? It has been many years. You don't look like you've aged a day. Well, that's because I haven't. You look like utter shit. Yeah. Uh, good to see you, my friend. What brings you to Cadmia? Ah, well, the uh, fellow company and myself have uh, found myself in a little pickle, and uh, maybe a private audience might be best. Well, pickles are what we do here at the Valiant Odyssey Guild. Bring your drinks, we'll go upstairs to the war room. Uh, any friends of Rengar are friends of mine. I'm Arden Cassian. 
the proprietor of this establishment and the Valiant Odyssey Adventurers Guild. If you're seeking membership, you have it. I know, right? Easy. Hmm. Gorgonbord, Barnabas, Morven. Arden. May I say that's an impressive ladle? And you walk upstairs. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and at that, you guys enter the upstairs room. And immediately as you enter, you just get this smell of mahogany, and rightly so, because you see a large war room-like table. It seems to be made out of the the like a, a tree that's been cut in half and polished really, really well. You can see chairs adorned with leather surrounding. Big fireplace at the top. You can see the Valiant Odyssey shield at the head of the table as well upon the wall and bookshelves that seem to be lining the room. And there's various different rooms and corridors coming off of this area. As he enters, he sort of clicks his fingers and you watch as the torches around just illuminate with light. And he says, please take a seat. Anywhere is fine. Without hesitation, Rengar takes the head takes of the, the table. And, uh, <laughs> and then puts his feet up quite thing and says, ah. You've made some improvements, I see. This is Make yourself at home. That uh, I've never seen a place like this before. This is this is where I do my business now. Tell me. Tell me a tale of your adventures, Rengar. I've I've missed seeing and hearing from your your spoils. Sorry. Of course. So you share a story and you get a big belly laugh. Ha 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 ha. So at that as he looks around to you all who have now taken a seat and he sa- he says, You said you had some pressing news. I've already talked to Siraj, she um, she informed me ahead of time that you were looking for me. So your arrival was no surprise. Yes, tricks that way. Yes, she is a very talented mage for her age. Um, she is the youngest staff mage to be ever appointed at Wasonia and the first human. We have quested together, and uh, she is. Well, don't let her looks of frailty fool you. Let me just say that. It's quite impressive. You should um, see what she can do when you're pointing a sword in her direction. <laughs> it's even worse. I don't try. Um, we, we need to understand if there's been any word or kickback, I guess, immediately from what's happened. Most unusually, a group of adventurers commanded by myself uh, returned with an iron box that contained a tome, the spirit-bound tome. We recently handed that to Siraj. As a result... It seems that some, I've heard some pages from that tome had been missing and she has contacted me in regards to sending my adventurers to seek these out and return them to the Wasonian Academy. Apparently they're quite dangerous. Oh, they, they could very well be. We're all unsure of, of the nature of these pages. Do you know the particular individual that we had expressed to Sarah, the feline caped individual? I do indeed. There is a pair of them. They are within the Odyssey themselves, but they are currently on quest, you might say. Trustworthy? As far as you can throw a tabaxi. Uh, yes. Well, see, that is uh, yet to be seen. The captain of their team, Halrod, I would trust him with my life, but uh, let's just say we acquired them through the community service program, and anything that you tell me otherwise to the fact of their honesty, it would not be a surprise. Mm. Is reprimand in order? Oh, depends on how innocent the act was, I guess. Right. I would assume there might be something to come from this. Well, it seems that from some way or another, the pages of this spirit-bound tome seem to have well found their way outside of the book. Have they been directed on any tasks in particular that we should be aware of that possibly follow up on it? Not as of yet. There has been some word throughout the city that... uh, Many people are on the trail to hunt these pages. What are they doing with the pages? What's yeah. the, I still don't. They've torn them out, sure. Unless this okay. book or tome means something to everyone else that we're all unaware of. Then. Would we know what pages were taken? Uh, you haven't been told yet. Uh, he looks to you and says, rumor has it and mythology states that the spirit-bound tome is, well, not only was it a prison for many of, the enemies for the primordial darkness. So there are those that wish to seek it for nefarious means to release these entities for powerful sources for themselves. But it is also a treasure trove of arcane knowledge and rumor has it that it has uh, directions to many treasure troves that lie upon the plain of Kalimvor hidden by the gods themselves. It is a very attractive arcane piece Mm. for many. And there are some individuals within this city that would Gladly see their hands upon it. The Unseen are one organization that uh, that I would not be surprised 
if or, they have a hand in this. For the treasure or for the ability to imprison whatever they It depends who you ask within their organization. At the moment, they are split in their motivations, you might say. Um, there is an up-and-comer known only as the Blade. He, he seems to be taking the organization in a brand new direction. There is also Tezenless. He's of the eye catcher. He has his finger in every pie. He he likes to to have knowledge. It is his source of power. So if if he as well requires these pages, I would not be surprised if he had them. And if he had them, I would not be surprised if he had already sold them for a pretty price. So they could be anywhere by now. I guess the only course of action for my adventurers, I do have some feelers out, but I suppose we have to wait until the fire starts so we can then go and put it out. Would we be able to interrogate this tabaxi? I assume he would know where the pages ended up if he was the one who stole them. I think that uh, I should be the one to dish out that punishment as a member of my guild, but I will take your consideration and the word of a friend of Rengar quite seriously. We yeah, simply want the pages him. back a- in safe hands, really. Our goals are aligned then. So if I hear of anything throughout the city that indicates the uh, use of heavy arcane magics or if a beast tramples through the dock wards, I assume that you are on board to assist. You mentioned the blade. Ah, yes. Whispers only at this stage. He is a rising power within the unseen ranks. Do you have any knowledge? No, he is a, uh, well, more like a moniker, I would say. It's a it's a title given to their leader, I suppose. It could be anybody. We've recently found that obviously that we've been away for five years ish or ten. Yes, and you didn't write a day of it. <laughs> uh and uh the that time has lapsed. When we previously uh adventured, we were on a quest to relinquish a curse that had rendered myself sightless. But since then, uh, that has been cured and the quest was actually from the former blade or the current blade. I see you're not uh, prejudiced in who you take your adventures from. Well, I'm not when it concerns my sight. As you know, I need that very much. Very well. If you have information on this blade... Well, I guess any information would be helpful, especially... From what we understand, he also can be called Dagger, and he was a halfling. He smiles. A halfling. A halfling. Not one to be trifled. Well, with this description, we can do something with that. He was the former leader of the Collectors. The Collectors were a faction within Capital. That's where we met him, where we received our quest. Rangar tends to get caught up with nefarious type, seemingly getting bent over a barrel, unfortunately. That is no surprise. Somewhat trusting this one. Look, if you were attached to the Collectors, you'll be regretfully informed that they are no longer. During the collapse and during Capital's takeover by the Heraclesians, that band dispersed. But it appears that the Blade has made his way to Cadmia, knowing it is a safe haven. And he's trying his hand here. Tezenless. Tezenless, yes. He comes from across the seas. Quite new in town, but he's making an impression. Interesting fellow. Very interesting. He captains the eye catcher. It's ship out on the dock wards. You'll know it by the pink sails and the large rose emblazoned upon them. And if you have information and you're willing to give it, he could probably tell you anything that you need to know. Do you know if he's aligned the blade or the other? He's aligned with himself. He ignores any rules established by Cadmir in terms of the Open or the Secret Lords because, quite frankly, he has information on everybody and everybody's too fearful to cross him because everybody has their secrets that they do not want divulged. The only ones that do not fear him are the outwardly honest. And those are the ones that he seems to want to corrupt the most. What have you got for us? Well, my, uh, my tavern is full. My adventurous party stocked. However, I could always take one more. So if there's any jobs that come available, I'll be happy to take them. And, um, Siraj also informed me of the nature of your arrival, Rengar. 
of the unsealing or unbinding of Delnak, the outcast. If any word comes across my table regarding this individual, I will be happy to send it your way, but I think we should check in with Siraj to see if there has been any future developments on the um, spirit-bound tome. Because knowing Delnak's purpose, knowing what his plan is, I may be able to use the four of you to intercept it, slow it down, so we can get control of the pages from within the city. Before it's too late. So please bear with me. Enjoy a cup of tea if you would. Um, and you see a teapot just appear on the table. Sugar freshly collected from down the street. You watch as he gets up, moves upstairs again, and you hear a white flash of blue coming from above. And then you hear two sets of footsteps come back down. And he is joined with uh, Siraj. Uh, Siraj looks at you, takes a seat that is pulled out by Arden and tucked back in. And Siraj looks around and says, you make your way around the city quite promptly. And Mage Tower affiliates, it seems. You know only students are allowed to compete and she gives you a smile. We were persuaded to help out uh, the guild, uh, the academy. Hmm. She gives a nod. She says, I won't waste your time. We've done some digging on the tome. And it appears that some of the pages that are missing are, well, they're quite dangerous. What's on them? What's on the pages? Or Some contain vile beasts that if released would cause havoc across the land. Others, well, they're clues to a treasure trove. Items of great value within their vaults. The pages that were with the beasts that are in them, you think uh, it's just to wreak random havoc to take our attention of something? Or is it more so they're trying to build an army of sorts? The pages that were taken, there was no they, rhyme or reason. And they control what's in there. Um, you hear Arden say, it seems there was no rhyme or reason to the pages that were taken. Is that what you informed me of, Siraj? And Siraj says, yes, it seems that the person that did take them was not well versed in what the tome itself held. So the purpose of these beasts, it, it will, may well vary. However, the ones that uh, we did see to be part of those pages... They were those that, um, they were aligned with the primordial titan of darkness. So they are all consuming. A distraction, as you say, Gorgonbord, may, may be their primary purpose if Delnak is to use them and get his hands on them. But I do not believe he himself would be aware. There is no way of knowing what Delnak will be up to. And he is indeed a powerful mage and influential. During his time, he uh, gathered quite a number of followers we cannot let that happen again. We have found through research uh, at the Wissonia Academy that he was able to, to gather such a following that any institution across the land that presented itself as oppressive in nature in terms of knowledge ordered, he destroyed. That is what led him to the Sun Soul monks. That is why he crossed the immortal halls. And that is why it became a sunken citadel. What he did not account for was that he would be imprisoned there. So any plan he has, I assume it is nefarious in nature, and he intends to release some great knowledge upon the plane which would end in utter chaos. If he has the, um, the charm to, let, uh, to get people to follow him, then shouldn't possibly get the word out that he might be out and trying to... Uh build his following or so yeah no. do say that people go back go to back. it already yeah Arden looks to you and says not to mention the mass panic that may ensue those have been told bedtime stories about Delnak the outcast he is well he is to be feared hmm but at the moment we don't know we don't know who's following we do not know no, where he we, is we've been out a day he's been out a day yeah not a lot of time from what you know, he's been out a day. But you guys remember when you guys were sucked out of the book and as the pages yeah, we were torn, yeah. he split away from you. And time's weird in there, so he might be a day or whatever in, in mm. front of you. You're not sure. Yep. Are there any academies or organizations that are oppressive in knowledge to this day that would be more... Siraj says, in his view, the Wasonia Academy was oppressive. 
He believes that the founders of the university ordered knowledge away from mere mortals and mythologically speaking, well, the founders, they created the Wasonian Academy to, to quell the chaos across the realm that was residing due to the Great God's War. As you know, in times of war, great changes have to be made and Capita herself, goddess of knowledge, gifted mortals the ability to wield the ether, magic, and it is from those crude creations of magic that, after the fighting had been done, the goddess herself, Capita, saw what destruction humans could be prone to. So the founders of the Wasoni Academy, the children of Capita herself, forged the Academy to train humans and to train mortals in the ways of the arcane. So to some, it can be seen as a means of control, and that is his purview. I believe his school of magic is, well, at the time, it was frowned upon, and he felt limited within our walls. There is one option. There is said to be an archaic. Roll a history check. You know archaics are beings that are said to have been around and born during creationism. Uh, they have seen everything. They're well adapted to the arcane changes that have occurred through time. And as a result, they themselves have survived. Many people see them as myth. Some people see them as a um, beacon of guidance. And many mages have gone to them with questions before to, to answer those questions of the universe that they have. Um, so as she mentions that name, you sort of, well, how would you feel as she mentions that? Interested in tracking them down himself. As always, Morven's always excited for new knowledge. Mm. She says, There is rumor that an archaic rests within the dry expanse to the south of Cadmia. If we are to track down this archaic, we could ask it questions as to Delnak's purpose. And as a result of that information, we could intercept him on his path. Now there is risk to this, as it will take you four away from the city, which means that uh, an Arden interrupts and says, We have it covered here, Siraj. My adventurers can make sure that the pages do not fall into the wrong hands. These four need to go. You watch as she says, The archaics can be elusive, and as I said, sometimes a myth, but some members of the Zandra Academy at the Wasonia Institute, they have come up with some promising leads. Right. I know of a uh, Borbengord that might. I believe Borbengord, as he's affectionately named, uh, has no recollection of you, but also his purview remains within the Wasonian walls. Am I right in assuming that uh, a man of your structure has a fondness for this robot? Robot helps. He fetches food, not to love. I'll see what I can do. He looks and says, I had sp spoken to Dean Hanari at the Academy, the Dean of Order. And through some of their archaeological discoveries across the dry expanse, they have located a possible location for this archaic. It rests within a tomb to the south. Would you be willing to take up this quest across the dry expanse? Most people from the plane would know of the dry expanse. It's supposedly an old forgotten wasteland, desert, harsh, harsh sort of battlefield area that was one of the main fighting grounds for the Great Gods Wars. And as a result, it is now barren. There's nothing that grows there. It's like a desert. Um, a lot of Leonin tribes come from there. Tabaxi tribes come from there. Some Orcish tribes roam through um, as well. I was fairly wayward and kicked out at adolescence, so possibly, but yep. I don't yeah, yeah. So she looks around towards you and says, I can supply you with a map drawn by Dean Hanari uh, herself and you can track down this archaic in order to subdue Delnak the Arcast. Mm. Let's put this guy back in his box. I understand the time is of the pull it is pressing. And Siraj looks to you and says, any ability that I could gift Morvan would be well beyond his purview to use. And then Arden says, no offense. She doesn't mean offense. And you watch the Saraz looks around and says, my apologies. She holds the staff up and she says, if 
time is what you require to prepare for such an adventure, then time is what is needed. I would prefer you to venture into the dry expanse well prepared than to go in ill prepared and not return at all. So if it is a week that you are wishing to supply yourselves, then you should rest well for that week for the dry expanse. It is no easy feat to traverse. Well, we will rest. I owe a mage tower captain a spell. I think he owes me one as well. Uh, would I have gained any grace to the sanctum with high level spells with my help in the mage tower? I was given privy to first level spells. Since I have a week, I might as well spend it studying. She smiles to you and she says, that is a nice try, Morven. If you are successful in this quest of retrieving information from the Archaic, how about I propose a trade? Information on the plans of, plans of Delnek the Outcast, and I'll grant you access to the Sarkanum and the Mystic Halls. Yep, Morven's. You don't need time to think about it. Arden says it seems like he's pretty... Uh, Sold on the idea. I know Rengar's always up for a chance for glory. He wants his name remembered through time. Longbow now has a name. You'd do well to remember that, Arden. Will you grace me with its name then, Master Rengar Moonlit? The Glory Seeker. How prudent that a Glory Seeker has a bow called the Glory Seeker. Look, you will be treated with respect amongst these halls. Every member of the Valiant Odyssey will know your names and they will know the quest that you are on and that they are aiding in. You have rooms here if you wish to have them. I may send word to an old ally of yours, one that has ventured through the dry expanse and could help you as a guide. How do you feel about a family reunion? I've seen that knucklehead for years. Well, he's been looking for you. Before I had knowledge that you had been sucked into the spirit-bound tome, he was searching the countryside for... Whispers of your name. He was doing his best. He's come back every now and then. But I might send word for him now. He'll be here within the week. And he leans back in his chair and he says, So the quest is afoot. You're to seek an archaic. Within the dry expanse, the maps will be delivered to you, but take this time to prepare. Siraj looks around and says, I wish you all luck. But Delnak... Cannot be left alone to his devices. He is too dangerous. And this time, as Gorgon Bort so eloquently put, he needs to go back in his box. For good this time. You watch as um, she kisses Arden on the cheek and he gives like a respectful nod. It's almost like a father-daughter relationship. They kind of have like a respectful one. And <laughs> vanishes out. And at that... You guys have about a week to prepare. So over the week with uh, Barnabas, Barnabas, you do get your armor back uh, from Glory, the dwarf. Uh, a nimble ride is sent to you whilst staying at the Valiant Odyssey Adventurers Guild and you follow it all the way back. Armor fits perfectly. Uh, and you can see it has like a magical radiance to it. You run yourself into a tree and you can see that as you do, it doesn't sustain a single dent and there's almost like a magical force field that lays like an inch above the actual armor itself. It's definitely form fitting and you, you practice with your glaive throughout the, the time and it doesn't seem to restrict your movement at all. Does it also uh, help his ability to move quietly? As you look at it and you watch him move, you can hear the, the grinding of plates and you just sort of cringe to yourself <laughs> thinking he is not going to be quiet. It's a uh, it's okay. blue frost flag. Barnabas. <laughs> yes. Looks great. Outstanding. <laughs> No worries. <laughs> Oil can. <laughs> um, they don't have a lot to do. And I know that uh, Borben Gort can't leave the premises. So I'm just going to go to the university and uh, just get his memory put back into him at least. Uh, so make my way down to the servers. and. Uh, <laughs> okay. So as you go to towards- The guide would come with me, I suppose, because at the moment he is uh, A57. And uh, yeah. He meets you upon arrival. Yeah. So he takes me in. I was like, where's your servers? Where's your information? And uh, leads me to it. He's oblivious to what is going on until we get down there. Look, there's a USB. Click, roll an arcana check. <laughs> so as you uh, fiddle basically with the arcane elements in this area that A57 has led you to, uh, you watch as the entire Wasonian Academy's lights just... <laughs> 
and it experiences the first blackout that it's ever had <laughs> in its centuries of existence. Um, you watch as you start packing yourself a minute and then you watch as a moment later, whoom, the lights hum back up and you look towards the blinking face of A57. It's just like blinking at you like SpongeBob. What do you say to him? Going on, Bobs? Uh, not a lot, Gogan Bod. What is up with you? Uh, what's what's your name? Bob and God. All right. What is your name? Gorgon Bod. <laughs> where is Rengar? Where is Morvan? And where is Barnabas? Uh, May I just say your victory on the Mage Tower was quite, uh, well, it was something to behold. I was cheering for you. Well, we couldn't do it without your cheers. So let's go find them now that we got you back. And uh, I'm sure Barnabas will be stoked to be stoked to see you. Um, as you go to leave again, he stops at the arcane gate that seems to be between Wasonia and Cadmia. And he looks down at his feet, looks up at you, who's outside the gate. Oh, yeah. You better stay here. We'll figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> do not step outside here. I will do as you instruct. And well, you watch as he, like, stations himself there. I put my hands on his shoulders. And he says, I believe you. I will tell anybody that comes that I have a prior designation. I will wait right here until you return. Excellent. Do you do that? And I'll walk away. Without- if you stay out of the rain. <laughs> have you guys seen um, Futurama where that dog just stays there? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> For years and years. If Gorgonvort dies in this tomb. <laughs> All right. I think we're everyone good to go. I'll also yeah, say we get, our, <laughs> we get our rations and yes. yep, general all that. adventuring supplies. Yeah, we're allowed in between and uh-huh. the duck gold as usual. Cool. Yep. Able to be gotten. Okay. That does it for this week's episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. Tune in next time to catch up with our heroes and make sure you're also following our socials at Instagram so you can keep up with all the show announcements, artwork, episodes and giveaways. We can't wait to hear from you. And remember, share this podcast to anyone who can't get enough of good stories, geeks out over narrative roleplay and loves D&D. We'll see you next time.